0: Welcome to the Recap, part of Pastoring Out Loud, where we recap the previous week's sermon. This week we are, uh, or this past week, we were in the second sermon of citizens and sojourners. Sojourners and citizens? Citizens and sojourners. Is that alphabetical? Why that and not the other way around?
1: Because that's what I wrote <sighs> down when I sent so it to Rachel. Down. Okay. All right. Great. That's good. Yep. It's good. So Are uh, you thirsty for more information?
0: Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> Guys, clear American strawberry flavored sparkling water beverage with other natural flavors is not good. Mm. Let the reader or the listener take would not
2: Um, would 10 out of 10 would not recommend uh, there's
0: I I hope nobody recommends that maybe if they've been struck by COVID and can't taste anymore (laughs) Matthew 22 34 through 40
1: uh if you work for that company sorry we are sorry yeah we're um, still glad that you're here
0: I just want to be a very clear American about clear (laughs) American so Matthew twenty two thirty four through 40, this week was on loving God. So the text, Matthew twenty two thirty four through 40 reads, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So Dave, what was the title of your sermon? Uh, I, th- I can't remember. I think it was love. A think people that, loves, that God. loves God. No, love God with all your heart, according to the manuscript I'm looking at.
2: So maybe it's
0: a, maybe a change. It was between, listed
2: as a people yeah, that loves, yeah. God. People
0: that loves um, God.
1: And what was your outline? Um the my first point was a foundational and impossible command. So talking to, so that that was me just talking about how all encompassing the command is. So all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength really means all that all that your all your passions, all your circumstances, all you are, all your thoughts and everything that you have of any kind of influence, money, uh, authority, any of that, that should all be used, uh, to love God. So it's foundational in that way. And it's impossible in that none of us really probably for any, even individual day are able to do that perfectly. <laughs> Oh, Daniel's back, everyone. So there's always shenanigans Behind going on in scenes, the background. He is
2: freaking out after that one sip of that sparkling
1: water, guys.
2: It's so bad.
1: So, uh, so that's that was point one. The second part was that there is a, in uh, a fulfilled and indwelling uh, reality, so that Christ has come and has done what we can't do. Perfectly once for all, and has paid the price that we can be in Him. And not only that, but by the blood of Christ, we by faith receive uh, the Spirit of Christ to indwell us, and He actually empowers us to begin to fulfill uh, these commands. And then my last point was just our call to be faithful in pursuing it. So I read from Deuteronomy 6 when it just talks about, you know, teach this to your children, teach it. While you walk along the way, uh, put it on your gates, put it between your eyes, put it on your hands, um, and just talked about how the, the call is to bring, uh, to bring Jesus with us wherever we are, to, to be talking about and noticing and sharing and enjoying the goodness and beauty of Jesus uh, wherever we are, whether in our homes or at church or with our neighbors or at our workplaces, um, that's the call that we're now able to do imperfectly, but really by the power of the Holy Spirit. So in one sense, Jesus
0: fulfills this because he does it perfectly. In another sense, we are called to continue or bring it to completion or fulfill it in another way, Um, not in a perfect carried out um, because there's a requirement that it be fulfilled. Jesus did that but because this is the natural outworking of the indwelling of the spirit. That's right. How is that different from the old covenant? Because this is the command you pointed out. It's in Deuteronomy. This is what Israel was called to do. Uh, It's basically a lot of the same thing. Well, yeah. So what's different between?
2: Yeah, Yeah, or if someone said, well, that command's not for us. That was the old covenant. That was the law. We're not under that anymore.
1: Yeah, I would say Jesus said it, um, and then Paul repeats it a bunch of times um, over and over again. I I mean, Daniel already answered the question in his summary to say that the, the difference now, I mean, even, even like Deuteronomy 30 and Ezekiel 36, I, I went to both those places on Sunday and just said, those are all new covenant Uh, pointers in the Old Testament pointing to this circumcision of the heart or this Mm -hmm. heart surgery that's going to happen by which the spirit will be in you and you will love the Lord your God and live. Um, So even in the Old Covenant, there's there's almost a recognition. This is the command and you're not going to be able to do it because you don't have the heart to do it yet. But there's one who's coming that's going to do it perfectly. And then there's a spirit that's coming that's going to allow you to begin to walk in it, uh, yeah. begin to walk in it in a real way. Um, and even this week, you know, um, we'll just see, you know, loving your neighbor shows up all over the place in Paul's epistles, um, as the call for the church. Um, mm-hmm. yep. preview so I, of coming attractions. Yeah. So I think, I think that there's a, yeah. And, and the way I ended the sermon was by saying, Hey, you know, uh, because we can't do this perfectly, one of the ways things we should always be doing is looking in our heart for kind of persistent, paralyzing anxiety or anger and, and, and follow those trails and go, hey, is there something I'm loving more than God? Where is love for God not have the first place in my heart? And then the other thing, I, the way I ended is to say, hey, we all have things. You know, you talked a few weeks ago, Daniel, as you were recapping your sabbatical, just about the power of nature in stoking your affections for God. Some people, it's worship music. Some people, it's, uh, you know, particular people they get around that really encourage their hearts in the faith. And I just said, hey, feed what helps you love God and fast from <laughs> what, what, you know, what makes you apathetic or run mm. run from God. So I think that's important too. But we're just after faithfulness, mm-hmm, uh, yep. everyday loving mm. Jesus Loving God more than we did the day before.
2: Yeah. And you you wouldn't say, I mean, just to clear, I know you wouldn't say this, but just to be really clear, you wouldn't say, oh, well, if nature stokes your affections,
1: then you can go and do that
2: instead of reading the Bible.
1: Right. Yeah. But, but I, uh, not every day, right? but there might be a day, <laughs> there might be a day where I, I've, a I've day. got a bunch of, uh, I've got a bunch of Bible in my head already. I've got yeah. a bunch of chapters yep. memorized and man, I, I'm going to go for a walk and meditate on those things while I look at all that God's done. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. So I
2: just I've I've yeah. heard people throughout my Christian life. They're like, Yeah, I don't really need like read the Bible. I just go into nature and I spend time uh, with God, and that's it.
0: And, right. Yeah. Spirituality. Yeah. yeah. Not religion. Spirituality is my way to get to Jesus. So the exegetical reason, thinking from Deuteronomy to Jesus's words into the epistles in the New Testament that this is still a command presently for us is Jesus. Yes. Is talking to the Jewish people in the gospels, but then Paul and others, especially the author of Hebrews, Mm -hmm. you know, takes up all of this covenantal language Mm -hmm. and commands to Israel and says, yeah, this is for us, for the church, which is both Jews and Gentiles. Right. Right. I had some uh, visitors with me on Sunday and they said that you were very Bethlehem ish mm. in your preaching style. Mm. I asked them what they meant mm. and then we were interrupted by loud, small humans mm. and didn't get a chance to <laughs> to finish that conversation. As opposed uh, to bigger loud humans mm, who preach I, a Bethlehem kinda of way. Apparently so. That interrupt <laughs> all sorts of things. Uh, mm. well, do you think you're very Bethlehem ish in your preaching style? I'm not entirely sure what that would mean
1: i mean when 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 people have said stuff like that before what they normally mean is you're loud and you use your hands okay. um or, or maybe they're talking more about content i mean i guess i'd have to talk to them i don't i don't uh i don't know what i've picked up via osmosis but i've you know i've probably listened to pastor john more than any other preacher overall next and the, and the other people i listen to are similar in their uh tendencies you know their ex- the way they want to handle the bible yeah, yeah. their passion their animation so yeah. i don't know how much i've picked up but i mean what i would say is every every preacher takes a while to try to kind of figure out who you are yeah and i don't i i feel like me yeah i, I think, like me. think you
2: you come across as you
1: yeah, yeah i think there's sure. a very much like uh and this is
0: good but just the from the bible but this stirs affections and that shows up. So in a way, you are a lead worshipper whenever mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. you're doing that. So that's true. Good. Um, how do you decide? How do you decide who you're going to address via application when you go through a sermon? When you say, "If you're a visitor here," or "So kids, you understand this?" When dot 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 or. You know, when you're listing off a list of like, this affects you when you're changing a diaper, when you're doing this, when you're doing that. How do you go about making those decisions to address
1: particular subsets of people that happen to be in the room? Um, I used to have a grid that I used and now I just have that grid in my head, I think, kind of. Um, so you had a written grid, like a... Yeah, it's the one that we we got. What was it? We got that in preaching class. The nine maybe? marks application grid. That probably was it.
2: Um, is that really a thing? We didn't get that. Yes, you did. We did. Yes, you did.
1: Oh. Well, so I used to have. I used to have a grid well, that remember. would help me think through it. Now it's more. Um, now it's more just by kind of thinking through uh, what the text is saying. Uh, if I think it's a text that's going to be particularly. Um, just like a, vi- a visitor or an unbeliever who wouldn't really know what's going on. Then I, I'm more prone to give just a word to them, even at the beginning, like, Hey, this, uh, here's what I hope you hear. Um, I try to, I try to think, of, I try to keep the kids involved at least once or twice in every sermon, just because I want them to feel like they're a part of things. And then the, the other things are just me working through what are applications and then how do I kind of hit everybody in their various spheres of life with it? Um, so I, so the, the grid was really, I probably used the grid for a year or two years and then uh, yeah, that was it. Yep. Daniel's showing it to me Shown right now on the screen. and now I, now I don't, but it's, it's kind of in my mind.
0: Anything else you would add, Nick? Any questions you have?
2: Uh, Nope. Glad to have you hosting again,
1: Daniel. I'm sure you are. It's been it's been a journey. (laughs) Looking forward (laughs) I'm tired. (laughs) Looking forward to the uh
0: to the rest of the series.
1: Awesome.